Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It is Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. For the next hour, we'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing very excited that in today's show we are going to talk to top boxing lightweight contender george ferocious cambosis uh got a chance to speak with george this week uh from his home in australia which was pretty cool it was interesting uh talking to somebody from the future because they are way ahead of us and it is not easy trying to figure out the dynamic between uh, miami time and sydney time but we did get uh, a chance to talk to george who you know, really had an interesting story because he had to, uh, he had to, you know, I don't want to use the term flee, but he had to get the hell out of South Florida with his family uh, as the COVID-19 pandemic was going down. And George was getting ready for the biggest fight of his life as he was uh, going to fight Lee Selby scheduled uh, on May 9th. And instead, it turned out to be postponed, as many sporting events are, and will continue to be uh, a big theme of this show. And not only that, had to get uh, across the world, find a way to, to to get home across the world to Australia, you know, with his his young son and daughter and and his partner to uh, to try and find their way uh, back home in, in Sydney, and all this while you know preparing for the biggest fight of his life. So, uh, very very excited to talk to George. We will uh, get a chance to speak with him later on the show. It's actually been making waves some week as. Uh, this week as the lightweight division. But there's been some drama between Vasily Lomachenko and Teofimo Lopez uh, whether or not that fight's going to happen. Lopez happened to mention Cambosis as a possible opponent. So uh, he may be fast-tracked. Maybe it's it's possible that the, if the Selby fight uh, gets scrapped and, and maybe he just goes and fights for the uh, IBF championship right away, which would be really cool for him. He's number three right now. Um and and uh, Lee Selby's number four, but essentially they're one and two because there is no one or two spot in the IBF rankings, which is kind of weird. But either way, he's the top dog there. Uh, he's ranked five out of WBO, which is uh, one of Lomachenko's belts. So uh, he's waiting in the wings. And, you know, this is a guy that we spoke to uh, just under 12 months ago. We spoke to him at Javier Santana's Sweatbox Gym in Davie. Um, maybe you guys see where Udonis Haslam trains. It's that, it's that gym, but it's... Uh, upstairs so they've obviously been closed lately it's been a challenging for a, a lot of fighters um during all of this and we really don't have a real clear picture even still with boxing as to when we're going to get back to business but we'll get back to to georgia's story in just a little bit this week and as the ufc turns 
Uh, Dana White. He has been. Uh, he is. He's now in uh, in 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 refocus mode after last week. We have uh, discussed the UFC 249 pandemic up the wazoo. It's uh, it's it's been all over the place. I'm even confused as to what this new date's going to be. Um, is it, is it UFC 249 or 50? I think they're still referring to it as UFC 249, even though typically when something just goes awry, they like, like kind of just vacate the number and move on. Um, but the big news this week, so a lot of things were interesting in our state here in Florida, uh, which is not surprising. We're a hot mess of a state. We have beautiful weather. We live in paradise, but we have the cra- craziest mother bleepers and our, our government's a bit of a circus. Um, and so this week became interesting starting on Monday because Florida, and you can't make this up, deemed World Wrestling Entertainment, the WWE, as an essential business. That's right. It put it up there with the groceries and uh, medical care and restaurants and all that stuff. The WWE, the show must go on. And I got it. It was funny that I remember this uh, distinctly because I got a message on my phone from my boxing promoter that I've dealt with, not a promoter, a, a publicist that I've dealt with. And he said, check out the wording on this. And it was interesting enough because it said something to the effect of all sporting events, production people, um and participants is now deemed an essential business so long as there are not fans in attendance and it is kept to essential personnel and if you read that you almost would think they're not even talking about wrestling they actually are talking about sports but the way it was worded is basically telling you that all sports as long as there are no fans in the state of florida is now deemed an essential business. Therefore, we're kind of a loophole state. Now, I told you uh, we've kind of followed the Florida thing uh, down here in its own right with with, with the news of the UFC because when all this Khabib versus Tony stuff was going down, it was uh, it was still up in the air as to where was the fight going to happen, where was the mystery location. It ended up... uh, the, the initial idea was going to be put on the West Coast, but Florida at a time was the favored location to host the fight. And I thought that was crazy talk because, look, I mean, I know all the local fights down here. Guys are shutting down fights at Gulfstream Park, the Miccosukee. They're not allowed to be putting on events. So why would a big conglomeration like the UFC want to have that kind of a headache if Florida is not even allowing the small shows? There was one show that was allowed to go on in Jacksonville, um, you know, with uh, with certain parameters that went down, no fans in attendance and all that. Uh, but for the most part, it, it's it, it was it's been quiet like everybody else. Um, but it has felt in the background as the weeks. Interestingly enough, as the weeks have gone on, it seemed like the more likely a Florida fight was going to happen. So now we're at this spot where, as soon as we get wind that Florida is open for business, surprisingly or unsurprisingly enough. Dana White uh, converses with Brett Okamoto of ESPN and says, our new target date is May 9th. We're back in business. And it wasn't all that Fight Island nonsense, which he was talking about, where, you know, they're going to do Mortal Kombat in the Caribbean or nothing like that. Just says it's going to be a domestic fight, 
and they're scheduling it for May 9th. And if you don't remember what happened as far as the UFC was concerned, their last bout was squashed by Disney. But the big reason it was squashed by Disney was from pressure from the Californian government and their governor, Gavin Newsom, who told Disney, please shut this down because he really didn't have any jurisdiction over the reservation lands at the Tachi Palace where it was going to take place in California. It was on it was on native ground, so they couldn't do anything about it. So that was kind of the last card. Now, you know, Dana was adamant that they're going to be the first team back, that they're going to be the first sport back, rather. Um, and with all this WWE stuff that went down this week, we're definitely in a looser state as far as our governor is concerned. Our governor's talking about bringing kids back to school next month. Uh, so certainly... If that's the case, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he would be fine with the UFC participating in some sport. I guess the only thing that's left uh, as far as Dana would be concerned, if they were to have the fight in the state of Florida, would really be if Disney would step in again and say, don't do the event. But here's the thing, man. I found it fishy from the from the get-go that they were stopping it last time because Disney knew Dana White was gung-ho on having a fight. It wasn't until they got actual pressure from a state where they do a lot of business in, making movies, Disneyland, all that stuff in California. It wasn't until then that Disney stepped in and made Dana White stop. So if he's in a in a safer haven, if you will, of Florida, I got a feeling we're going to be having that fight here on May 9th. I don't know. I don't have any facts to this. Um, it's just kind of putting uh, two plus two equaling five at that point. You know, all the craziness together. It seems like we're getting uh, we're we're going to be in line for having that fight. Maybe down here in South Florida. Um, you know, looking at the people that they're having, uh, there's not a ton of South Florida fighters that they are that they have on this card. They have Amanda Nunes who's going to be defending her belt. She obviously trains at Coconut Creek. Josino Rosenstrike lives in and, and trains down here. Uh, he's going to be fighting Francis Ngannou. But it's not a bevy of people in the state of Florida. Now, will they end up moving down here and, and doing some training down here? Quite possibly. Um, you know, you had Dr. Anthony Fauci this week who uh, was saying sports could return soon if you even team sports could return soon if you isolate people the right way. Um, so it's an interesting spot right now. Um, I, I just wouldn't be surprised if we're going to end up having the UFC uh, make its uh, triumphant return. Uh, and it's going to be happening in our state. So be on the lookout for that. As far as the card is concerned with uh, with with what they got going on, here's what the buzz is. So according to Brett Okamoto, who conversed with Dana White this week, and there were a lot of verbal commitments on this, uh, Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje is going to be the headliner. And so we talked last week, and we said, well, what is going to be the fallout of the lightweight division? What's going to happen with that? And apparently... Nurmaga Madoff, Khabib Nurmaga Madoff made it clear that he wants to return in September, uh, which would put Tony Ferguson in limbo for what? How long are we talking? That's five months if he's able, I guess four months if he's able to to train. Um, you know, he's a crazy person. He, he made weight this week without, uh, you know, without needing to. So Tony versus Gaethje is going to go down for the interim title. Uh, I don't know where that leaves Conor McGregor. That's that's the big wild card in all this. Who is uh, again continued, uh, you know, being a, a big, you know, forefront in Ireland for COVID nineteen and all that stuff and getting people to stay home. I don't know where this puts uh, Conor McGregor uh, as far as he's concerned. If anything, I think the thing that would be interesting about it is 
um, does that open up the door again? If Connor can't fight Justin Gaethje or Tony Ferguson, does that open the door for Connor to fight Jorge Masvidal? I, I do think that opens that a crack, which would obviously set the welterweight division into a little bit of chaos because Masvidal and Usman, they're supposed to fight. I know I've been talking until I'm blue in the face that that's the fight I want. They've been uh, promoting that fight better than anything. Uh, John Anik told us a couple weeks ago on 790 The Ticket that he thinks for sure that's going to be the July fight with Conor McGregor on the card. Um, if that is the case, if Conor is going to be on that card and you're going to have Conor, if you're going to have Conor, Masvidal, Usman on the same card, who's the dance partner for Conor? Um, if we're talking July, that's, you know, three months from now, but not under normal circumstances. So let's say everybody's allowed to train by May. If Ferguson and Gagey, I guess, get out of it relatively healthy, I guess they could fight in July, but that, that's a quick turnaround, man. And first of all, Tony, you got to probably hope that Tony comes out on top on that because Gagey's probably coming out of this pretty bloodied up win or loss. Uh, but both those guys, like this seems like a fight that's ripe for them to be out for a while. Uh, just because of the attrition style that they both fight in. It's an interesting question. So where what does that leave Connor with at the end of the day? If if Nirmaga Madoff's not gonna fight, uh who's the guy? Do you do the Nate Diaz trilogy? I guess that that's always a, a card that they could play with. You know, you put Nate Diaz on the same card as the BMF and all that stuff and help. Maybe put him at 170 and and those guys are fighting up for a title shot. It's not like I think Usman uh, Norm Masvidal wouldn't end up taking the winner of that. I think either one of them is a big fight. So maybe that's what they end up doing. They, if they end up fighting in July, um, Connor fights Nate Diaz, and you do Tony Ferguson, uh, and you do uh, Jorge Masvidal versus Kamar Usman, rather, and then maybe end of the year, those whoever the winners are out of that fights for the welterweight championship while Tony and Nirmaga Madoff end up squaring off for the real title at lightweight. Maybe that's what happens to get to get Connor back in some kind of a world title title picture. Maybe that'll drive some people nuts, but uh, I do think that's quite possible. Assuming that he beats uh, Nate, obviously. So they're going to do Tony versus Gaethje. Uh, that was that was uh, confirmed. Henry Cejudo is going to fight Dominic Cruz, and you'll notice that these are you know domestic for most part. Most people who can be in America and fight in America. So he's going to fight Dominic Cruz because uh, Jose Aldo is having visa issues. Um, so though Henry Cejudo will take on his legend and Jose Aldo, um, he will be taking on Dominic Cruz. Um, big name for Henry Cejudo. They get to keep doing that, uh, going back and forth. I know that Cody Garbrandt and him have been going back and forth a little bit, uh, talking about doing a potential lightweight, uh, doing a flyweight title. Um, that'll be interesting for Cody. You know, Cody got such a fast rise to the title, uh, had some really epic losses to, uh, to TJ Dillashaw and real firefights. Um, so him versus Henry Cejudo would be a little bit interesting. I don't know. Uh, I don't think that matches up that great for Cody, but, uh, for right now he's, uh, he's squared up with Dominic Cruz, which is an interesting fight. Uh, because you know, Dom's it, it's it, Dom's not a guy who believes in, in ring rust or anything like that, but he's a, a guy who moves around a lot. Um, you know, a, a, a taller bantamweight. So what does he, uh, what does he have to deal with in the table when it comes to Henry Cejudo, uh, his wrestling prowess his improved striking, uh, but definitely a little bit more statuesque with the striking. So 
it's an interesting fight. Uh, I'm not normally a person who's a big fan of three title cards just because I just feel like it ends up going long into the night. But I think at this point, I'll make an exception because we're so thirsting for sports. Uh, the other bout that's going to be in this one is Amanda Nunes versus Felicia Spencer for the featherweight title. Um, you know, for me right now, whoever Amanda fights, she's the show. It's just kind of stacking greatness upon greatness. Uh, her, la- her last fight wasn't fantastic against uh, uh, against Jermaine Durandamy, so uh, I think that you know you'd probably like to see her get back to uh, to her dominant ways and stuff like that. But that's where we're at with uh, with Amanda Nunes. That's going to be on the card. This was interesting though. I saw that France Ngannou Jarzino Rosa Strike that continues to get uh, accepted, and they continue to put the heavyweights out on on uh, the front stage with this. Jarzino Rosa Strike said this week. Uh, let me see if I can get to see where he said it. He said that he believes it should be for the interim heavyweight title of the world. And, you know, I, I, I got to be honest with you, I kind of agree with him. I feel like uh, Rosenstrike and Franz Ngannou, I think it's worthy of an interim title shot. And the actual heavyweight title is in such a weird spot right now because, you know, Stipe's doing his first responder thing. Uh, he's been, he's been uh, on the mend as well. Him and Daniel are in such a weird place. And here's the other thing that I think is interesting about it and why I think it makes sense. I don't even maybe maybe even Rosa Strike mentioned this, but let's say that Daniel Cormier wins and he does go out on top as champion. Let's say that he does. Um well what happens to the title? It's gonna go vacant anyway. So somebody's gonna have to fight for the vacant belt. I, I think that uh I think that it's a it's a it's a great way to go. I think I think that they should do that because here's what I think. I'm not a big fan of f- three title fights, but at this point, why don't you just do everything title fight? You know, just you know, do even uh, you know for Pettis versus uh, J- you know Donald Cerrone, find some kind of maybe do a, a BMF esque kind of belt for that night for those guys. I think that would be the way I would go. Just like soup it up all all the jewelry on top of this fight. Uh, that you can that you can find. I think that'd be kind of cool, um, but I, I I do agree I do agree with with uh, Rosenstrike. I, I do think that it should be for an interim title, and I think the big reason is not just because it's slowed down, but I just think that you know with the wild card that DC beat Stipe in the trilogy, he's been saying he's gonna he's gonna retire forever, and so. Why not put this in a position where he can uh, he can fight for a title that is uh, that may end up being the real thing? Because you know Steve ends up losing that fight. Um, you know it's not like he can't get back in the title shot right away anyway. But you'll have a new champ. I think it'll be cool. So that's where things stand right now. May 9th is reportedly what they are uh, what they're hoping for. Just keeps getting uh, kicked down. But don't be surprised if that ends up being down here in the Sunshine State. Uh, because Fight Island, as we know, it's real, but it's not ready. We'll be back with more after this. Welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Very excited to be joined by my next guest. uh, We talked to this man just under a year ago, George Ferocious Cambosis. And I was just thinking, you know, I was looking back to our last interview, man, and I was thinking to myself, man, he really nailed, because I asked you specifically on an interview, what do you want 12 months from now? And you nailed it. Like you, you said, I wanted to either be 
my next fight to be for the title or to be in a position where I can't be denied for the title. Um, and before everything went down, like that's exactly where you are, man. You're, you're setting yourself up with Lee Selby. You got yourself a title eliminator fight. Uh, that's got to feel pretty damn good that you set out a goal like that and you nailed it that perfectly. Yeah, well, look, when I say things, you know what I mean? They come true. I have a very, very strong vision. I mean, I work my ass off in the gym and um, I leave no stone unturned. So when I told you 12 months ago that I'm going to be in this position, I'm going to be ready for, you know, fighting off for a, for a shot at the title, you know, been, or even be at fighting for the title. I mean, it's going to happen. And like I'm saying to you right now, I'm going to knock Shaw out in front of his own people and I'm going to get the shot at the title. And I'm going to win that belt. Uh, I've got a strong vision. I've got a strong work rate. And um, you know, I'm going to adapt to any situation and be ready for, for anybody in front of me. So I was talking to your manager not too long ago, uh, Peter Kahn, and, and he was kind of giving me the breakdown of what was going on with all of you guys. I mean, just the uncertainty that was happening. And, you you know, your fight was scheduled for May 9th. You were, you were in South Florida, for those who don't know. George trains in, in, in Davie at, at, uh, at Javier Santano's gym. Um, and you are a world away, literally, from, from where you normally are. You come and you travel uh, across the world to, to sharpen your skills and get ready for the biggest fights of your life and the biggest run of your career of your life. And all of this happens uh, with, with COVID-19. What, what was going through your mind? Was your family here with you? Were they across the world? What, what the hell? Uh, how did you take all of that in as you are getting ready for the biggest fight of your life and the world is shutting down and the walls are going up basically across the country? Uh, how did you soak all that in, man? Well, look, it's, it's just, it was just a crazy time. Um, like you said, I travel all the way to the U.S., you know. I live no stone unturned. You know, to be the best, you know, you got to be over there in the U.S. You've got to have the best sparring partners, the best team, the best coaches. And I've made that sacrifice for many, many years. I mean, it costs a lot of money. And um, I sacrificed a lot of time to be outside my comfort zone, um, to be the best fighter that I can be. And you can see what I'm doing right now has, has uh, been evident with, with the sacrifice I make to be there. But, um, yeah, it was a crazy time. You know, I had a fantastic first week with Javier, uh, my head coach. You know, he was amazed how explosive and fast and, and uh, I was in better sharpness and speed and power and explosiveness than what I was the week before the Mickey Bay fight. You know, so he, uh, that's a testament to the way I work. And when I do come back to Australia, I don't uh, stay content and just, uh, you know, you know, laze around and, and, and do what I want. I get back to the, uh, to the gym and continue perfecting my craft. But, um, yeah, it was a crazy time after that first week, you know, flew by and we had a great week. You know, by the time we came back to the gym on Monday, uh, man, it was it was uh, chaos pretty much. You know, the gym was looking at it was going to close. They're saying that we're going to go to lockdown. And yeah, I had my family with me. You know, I had my partner with me, Rebecca. I had my two kids, uh, Vali and Leonidas. They were there with me. You know, my kids are under the age of three. You know, my my little guy is like eight eight months old. So to have them with me, that was a scare factor. You know, I don't really care about myself. I knew that. I mean, whatever, whatever this is, you know, I can get through this, but it's having little kids and what happens if we go into lockdown and we're stuck here, we can't get back home. And, you know, that's, that's the scare factor. And that's what, um, as a father, not a fighter, as a father, that instinct comes in where you want to protect your kids. You don't worry about anything else. Um, so that was the most important thing. And I said, look, let's get out. I rang up, obviously, my manager, Peter, and said, look, I'm leaving, mate. This is, uh, this is too crazy right now. And whatever happens with the fight gets postponed or, Go, goes ahead. I mean, I'll deal with them. We'll, we'll deal with it as a team together. 
So you, you, you say that like everything kind of goes into to getting home and getting everybody safe, which is completely understandable. Um, what was the process like for getting home? Because I've heard stories from some of the guys on the heat, like uh, Goran Dragic, like his brother, he had to go and quarantine in Slovenia. In Australia, were you able to go home and it was cool? You were allowed to, to just go home uh, or did you have to be quarantined for a little bit? Was it was it was it business as normal when you were able to finally get home? What was that whole process like? Well, as soon as we got home, we had to be quarantined, self-quarantined for two weeks at our own home. So that was that was good because about a week after we had landed, they changed that, obviously, rule where you had to be self-quarantined in a little hotel room. Now, with two kids in a little room, that would have been, you know, that would have drove me mad. Um, I'm very I'm very lucky that, um, you know, I mean, we, we, got the, uh, we got to be able to self-quarantine at home. And I have a beautiful gym at home where, you know, I post a lot of my videos and, uh, on my Instagram and my Facebook. And people can see the, the, the training I do in my own house. Uh, i got a great setup, so... I was training two, three times a day. I'm still training two, three times a day. You know, nothing changes for me. Um, the date might change for the fight. Uh, situations might happen in the world, but for me, I'm focused on that end goal, uh, becoming world champion and, and winning every single fight that that I have to go through. And um, you know, I continue perfecting my craft. I think I heard you talk about this in an interview recently, and you talked about. Uh, I think you were talking with Tyson Pedro, and you were you were talking about the idea of like sometimes your coaches get a little bit too scientific, and you guys just want to push a little bit more. So how is this like now? Because you're kind of isolated, which you know you're used to in boxing. It's an individual sport, but it's you got the coach and you got the team, the whole thing. Are you pushing extra? Are you trying to temper things back? Like how are you handling yourself individually? Because you got your beautiful gym there and you have your setup. Uh, what is that like, kind of knowing with all the things up in the air with you basically training yourself? Yeah, well, look, I'm a very smart fighter as well. Um, you know, I mean, I'm here, I'm working hard. You know, I'm controlling everything. You know, I'm working very hard, but then I'm picking days where I do more recovery stuff. I go for a light job, like I change things up. And then the next day I fight, I, I put myself through hell. You know, I test myself, I put myself through through things that, you know, I mean, not a lot of, not the average person can do. Um, I like to test myself. And this is a time where, you know, I think fighters should be testing themselves. Athletes should be testing themselves and seeing, you know, how they adapt to, you know, when they're by themselves, when they don't have that coach pushing them. Um, you know, excellence is lonely. I mean, that's that's to get to the top and to be, you know, a, a superior athlete. I mean, at the end of the day, it's yourself. You're doing it. So if someone's got a ring you and your coach got a ring you and say, look, you know, get off your ass and, and, and get to work, then look. Um, you're not going to go very far in any sport or anything you do. But um, I'm controlling things. You know, I'm smart. I still keep in contact with with, with my team and my coaches. And, you know, they're seeing what's going on. What am I doing? Um, but they know what I'm about. They know um, how I work and how I train. So um, we've been smart. We've been smart. And, you know, when, when the time comes and everything gets back to normal, we'll be back over in, in Miami and we'll be training eight weeks um, prior to, obviously, the actual fight camp. And um, be ready for for the fight against Lee Selby. Are you? Have you gotten any updates? Like, is there any any pulse of when things are going? Because I know just as a guy who loves the sport, I was thinking, all right, well, maybe like the the uh, everything's kind of like it always kind of felt like uh, you know boxing's got like these these key dates where like it always gets kind of crazy. And when they delayed uh, Fury versus Wilder three, I was like, God, damn, when the hell are we? When are things going to get back to to normal? So. Uh, what what have those communications been like? Just hearing when you think it's possible that this this fight could go down with Selby. Well, they've said July 11th. Um, you know, Eddie Hearn has pushed the fight to July uh, July 11th. So um, we're focused on that date. That's great. They've given me a date. 
and I'm 110% focused on July 11th. You know, it's about 13 weeks, 14 weeks, whatever it is. Um, I'm already in supreme condition. I've, like I said, I'm testing myself every day in the gym. I'm working hard. I'm working on different things. And, um, you know, I mean, if that's the date that goes ahead, then no problem. But again, you know, the whole world doesn't know. So, you know, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not 110% sure. I just, uh, I have a date. So that's what I'm pushing for. Um, hopefully, yeah, it goes ahead because I want that, I want that as soon as possible. You know, I need that fight right now. You know, I, mean, I want to take this guy out, get rid of him, and become the world number one. And then, obviously, you know, move towards you know the, the, the fight against the winner of the Tfema Lopez and Lomachenko. If that does happen, I'm hearing things that that fight might not happen. Obviously, Lopez called me out as well now, saying that if Loma doesn't uh, take the fight, then he'll fight Cambosis. So um, I've already said that. Yeah, let's do it. You know, no problem. What uh, what was your reaction to that? And what what are you hearing? Like, as uh, it seemed like. Uh, that was one that fans are very excited for, and I know you have a keen eye on because of of all the titles that are on the line. So, uh, what, what's uh, what's the rumblings out there as far as those two not having it finalized? And what was your reaction to uh, to, to TFMO calling you out? Yeah, look, to be honest, I was excited for them to fight. You know, and I wanted to obviously I'm going to do my business against Lee Selby, and I want to see obviously what they were going to do in their fight because then I know I'm the man's road to the winner, which is all the belts. Um, you know, I mean, I was excited for that. But again, you know, if that fight doesn't go ahead and Lopez wants to come straight to, to obviously fight us, um, like I said, no problem. I love that fight. You know, the fans love that fight. I've already put up a few little things. I've done some interviews and, and things have been put out there. He initially called me out. He's the one that said my name. You know, I didn't say his name. He said my name. So the champs obviously got our name on his mind. He said it a couple of times now. So, um, yeah, no problem. You know, I mean, we do it anytime, any place, anywhere. You're the champion, so you feel comfortable. You do on your time, and I'll just come, uh, obviously, in that ring and take your belt. No problem. It's it's such a fruitful division, George. Like it's you know you you've got a, a, a kind of a murderer's row of big names that all the fans want to see fight. Um, this after this year you've gone through. You got to have the awesome fight in Greece, which you were very excited about. Mm. You know you had a tough challenge in Mickey Bay in New York. Was you know, do you do you feel yourself like uh, now where you thought you would be as far as like confidence wise, knowing that, you know, there's a lot of big names out there. Uh, are you a guy who feels uh, I'm sure confident in your skill set, but like, yeah, I belong amongst all the, the world's best and ready to become champion. The, the thing with me, you know, I've been confident since, you know, day one uh, from my first pro fight. You know, you could have framed me with a world champion and you know, I would have said I'm going to beat this guy. I probably will not beat the guy in my first pro fight, but, you know, that's the fight I am. That's, that's the mentality I have. I mean, I know exactly who I am and, and, and how hard I work in the gym. So um, the time I am right now, you know, I can beat anybody in the world. I mean, I proved it against a former world champion in Mickey Bay. You know, I mean, they scored the fight a split decision, but we all know that was nowhere near a split decision. You know, I bat him around the ring. And um, obviously, look, you got you got a lot of guys in the division. It's a beautiful division. I love that. I mean, competition is, is, is key. You know what I mean? You want to be the best. I mean, you got to have that right competition. And I think the lightweight division right now in the world is, is on fire. You look at the names, you know, obviously you've got Lomachenko with, with majority of the belts and you've got Lopez with that IBF belt. You know, he's calling us out. And then you've got Devin Haney, who's, who's got a, uh, you know, you can't even call that a world title. They got, he got given that belt. But, um, you know, I mean, Ryan Garcia, you've got us in the mix. Javante Davis now, another guy's been given a belt. I mean, so the, uh, the, the lightweight division is on fire. And that's awesome. I mean, I'm the kind of fighter that, that wants to fight anybody. Any of these champions or former world champions that are in my way, um, no problem. You know, no problem. It can be Lopez, it can be Lomachenko. Obviously, Solby is, is the main focus now, 
Um, and we know what we're going to do against him, but you know, it could be anyone. Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia, uh, Jabonte Davis. You know, I mean, I've been in with, with over 20-something world champions, you know, inspiring. You know, I've done over 250 rounds with, with, with the great Manny Pacquiao. I just beat a former world champion in Mickey Bay. Uh, you're telling me that I'm worried about any world champion? No. It's, it's pretty crazy, too, how you guys are all so young. You know, like, you look at uh, upon maybe, like, the heavyweight division, how long it took, like, a guy like Deontay Wilder to, to get in there and, and, you know, get the shine that he probably deserved. Um, but you guys are, uh, you know, all in your mid-20s, early 20s, you know, uh, still still no t- not 20 pro fights yet. And uh, it does feel like you're all kind of knocking on the door, uh, the door of stardom, which is pretty awesome for mm. to see that in boxing. It's more, um, you know, I love mixed martial arts, too. It's more of an MMA kind of style where it feels like it's coming a lot faster for you guys. Yeah, 100%. You know, man. And, you know, the thing with social media these days, you know, I mean, that's, that's the driving force, I think, where... You know, the fans get to interact and get to see these young fighters and see these guys coming through and get excited. I mean, there's, there's so many young, young great fighters in the sport. And like I said, it, it's a great thing. You know, it's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. And, um, you know, man, for me, I, I want to fight the best. I don't want to, you know, play around. And, you know, I mean, I've done that. You know, I mean, I had to go through certain guys and had to, uh, you know, wait, you know, to get my opportunities. And finally got an opportunity. You know, I craved a guy like Mickey Bay, a former world champion or a top, you know, a guy that was in the top 10. I craved that. I was asking, obviously, my management and, and my promoter, you know, please get me a guy that, that, that you know, was or, or is up there. I mean, I need a former world champion. I need someone like that. And finally, it's cracking now. Now I'm only fighting, uh, you know, former world champions and world champions, you know. When I take out Lee Selby, you know, that's two former world champions in, in their backyards. Um, there's no lightweight in the world that's doing that. I mean, if you look across the border, you know, no one has gone back-to-back and fought two former world champions, obviously, back-to-back in their hometown and beat them. I mean that, that's the plan, and after that we uh, will be ready straight to uh, to fight the win of obviously Lomachenko. I hope as if that does go ahead. The judges were a little sketchy in that last one with uh, Mickey Bear. Are you are you nervous about all that with uh, with Lee being uh, another fight in, in somebody else's backyard? Is there any you know crank to pressure you're putting on yourself to not let it go to the judges or anything like that? Um, because you you know that. I'm sure that had to be nervous hearing the, the whole split decision thing go down while it was going down, thinking that you, you thought you took care of business easily. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, we, uh, we knew. Obviously, we knew what, what it's like. Obviously, I'm a guy that, 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 you know, I'm the overseas guy. I'm the guy trying to crack the U.S., trying to crack the world scene. Um, if that fight was in Australia with Mickey Bay, the fight would have been, you know, 100 to 90. Um, I mean, so at the end of the day, you're always going to have things like that in the back of your head, but... I know my, I know, I know what I'm about. I know what I'm, what I uh, bring to the table, and especially, especially against Lee Selby, you know, this is such a big fight. Um, the power I'm possessing, you know, I've gone to not only another level, and you can ask my head coach Javier, you know, I've gone to another ten levels since the Mickey Bay fight, if not more. Um, so when we do obviously get it on between me and Lee Selby, you're going to see a whole different version of, of Ferocious, and I'm coming for this guy. I mean, I'm not here to leave it to the judges. You know, I mean, that, that's boring. You know, Selby, he's a boring fighter anyway, so he's going to try run and, 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 you know, tap and, and try score points. You know, that's, that's his game. Uh, it will only work for so long. I'm going to end up cutting him down, breaking him down, and look, I'm going to um, end up retiring the guy in front of his hometown. I know that, that I'm going to take this guy out. It's my destiny. I hope uh, I hope that when you get back to South Florida, you know we can do something in person, and uh, it's it's not a, a long stretch like it was between our last two talks. But uh, let's just do the same thing again. Twelve months from now, I'm talking to George Ferocious Cambosis. What, what what are the goals you want to knock off in in a, in a year's time? 
man, world champion, world champion, uh, superstar, you know, worldwide, and um, you know, headlining big shows. Obviously, I fought it at you know MGM and I fought at MSG. I fought in the two biggest arenas in the world, but I was undercard fights. You know, first fight of the night or, or not on the TV sector. I mean, so. Now, finally, I'm headlining a show, you know, I mean, I'm headlining, you know, this own show, Sky Sports Show. I mean, it's about time. And, you know, I've craved this. This is where I'm meant to be. So in 12 months' time, I'm going to be headlining these big shows and the MSG, MGM, world champion, uh, superstar around the world. Before we get you out of here, uh, are you binging anything good on on television within the quarantine? Anything? Have you you caught Tiger King? Are you doing ozark game of thrones like what are you what are you watching entertainment wise to to keep you, yourself sane between workouts look i've got two kids so they keep me pretty busy so between the workouts and the two kids that's pretty busy but we are getting a, a little bit of tiger king me and me and my partner we uh we're watching tiger king and obviously that's uh nuts. we're on episode four or five now it's pretty nuts so um you know until obviously started erupting on social media and i'm saying well, look this guy um i had no idea about this guy tiger king so uh, it's pretty cool, and obviously, I'm, I'm reading a fair bit. I'm, I'm, I'm actually reading a book, uh, Relentless, you know, which, which is a, an amazing book, and obviously changes the the way you think as, as an athlete. You know, so, um, this is the time where you, you're trying to pick up as much as you can and do the things that you don't usually do. You have got a little bit extra time. Um, I mean, these are the times where you know you want to learn and, and become an even better, you know, fighter and or athlete. George, thanks for the time, man. Uh, nothing but health and safety to your family. Hope we get to see you in July. Uh, we're looking forward to it, man. And thanks for spending some time with us. Really appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Appreciate you, uh, you having me on. Welcome back, everybody. It is Fighters Fury here on 7 Night Ticket. Thanks again to George Ferocious Cambosis for joining us here on the show. Enjoy our conversation with him. And I do mean that when it gets back to South Florida. I hope we can do another uh, sit down in person when that thing is, uh, when that is uh, all possible. But really appreciate him making time for us this week. Um, especially with the uh, the time difference. He knew it better than I did. He's like, I remember when I was booking that interview this week, he was talking about, uh, so what do you want to, what, what, you know, I was like, oh, let's do it. Uh, like I was texting him on Tuesday. I was like, oh, we could do either tomorrow or Thursday. Thinking to myself, well, actually Thursday's going to be Friday for him. It's very weird. It's Australia, man. They're, they're, they're way ahead of us. So uh, I'm looking forward to, like, as I was talking about with him in that division, that division is so cooking right now. As far as just the young names, uh, and I know he mentions that, like, oh, Devin Haney was given a belt, which he was. I mean, Devin Haney was given a belt, uh, was taken a belt away, all that type of stuff. But you think about Devin Haney, you think about Ryan Garcia, Gervonta Davis, you talk about uh, George Cambosis, Teofamo Lopez and Lomachenko fighting each other. It's, I mean, that you, you think about that, like, how often do you have a division where you got like seven, seven guys, seven guys were got where the, the fan is really uh, Jones and for them all to kind of get it on, you know? Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia, we talked to Devin Haney at the Super Bowl. He's, he's really gung ho about making that happen, but he doesn't think that Golden Boy uh, will be a part of that. I'd say, you know, the only thing that's that's a bit uh, of a bummer for it is while the majority of them uh, are under the, I guess, ESPN brand, you would say, they are kind of all repped by different people. So it's a little bit tough. You know, you have this TFM Lopez and Vesely Lomachenko. Hopefully it gets finalized and those guys are on the same side of the track. It wouldn't be an issue for George. Uh, to get that fight done with uh, with them as he's rep by Lou DiBella, who's kind of like independent. 
of uh, of all the nonsense. Uh, this fight, him and Lee Selby are going to be uh, is going to be on zone headlining, which will be cool. Um, but they can they can make that all happen. But like, you know, Gervonta's repped by like Mayweather Promotions. They do a lot of Showtime business. Uh, Ryan Garcia, also a zone guy, Golden Boy. So you can make that happen. Same with Devin Haney. So like, they really could make these fights happen. Um, but he, I was talking about this last week. It, you know, I want. Um, a situation where boxing doesn't go by the wayside and think like, oh, we got time to make this all happen. Now, the one thing that's interesting with these guys, they actually, these guys actually do have time uh, because they're all in their 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 twenties. Some of them are in their very early twenties. Devin Haney, twenty one. Ryan Garcia, twenty one. Uh, what's Javante? Javante is now twenty four. I think is Javante Davis. George is only twenty six. Uh, you know, Vasily, you know what the funny thing is, is uh that TFM Lopez is twenty one. I think Vasily is uh is thirty two. He just turned thirty two and he's the elder statesman. Like he's the old guy in all this. Um but I would say this, you know, it, it's it's not only funny about the age thing, but the, the funny thing is you just look at their pro careers and they're all like you know, it's all like 14 and 1, 18 and 0, 12 and 0, uh, you know, 13 and 0, 19. Like they're not they, a lot of these guys don't even have 20 pro fights. And so as I was explaining to to George, I'm like, it's it's kind of a weird thing that in boxing you have all you guys at this high, high level, and you all don't really have that many fights. It's not nothing. I mean, they've still stacked it up and, and put the time in. Don't get me wrong, but it's pretty incredible to see that these guys aren't like scrounging along and uh, a lot of them are knocking off and, and, and beating into their like their thirties to get to this point. And like, even you look at a guy like Lomachenko, um, you know, Lomachenko's only got 15 pro fights, you know, got to fight for what a title in his second one. Uh, you know, so he's been on the scene for a while, uh, even though it hasn't been that long professionally. So it's just, it's, it's a really, really cool division. I would say, you know, if you're talking about the the young up and comers, uh, I, I, you know, you kind of always put it at like lightweight, welterweight, uh, uh, middleweight, and then and then it kind of just, you know, some people like light heavyweight, but it kind of goes middleweight to then uh, pretty much to heavyweight. You know, but those are those are like kind of the rule. I know there's a gazillion weight classes, and some junior welterweights are great, and that's why they do all that stuff. But like, you know, you talk about the pure the 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 pure the pure spots, the 135s, the 147s, the 160s, 175, and then uh, of course, uh, of course, the heavyweight. Man, one 135 is, is a banging division right now. Man, it's really, really good. These guys are absolutely, uh, it's absolutely fantastic. So you think about what uh, you know what what these guys have to do with as far as their titles are concerned. Just very, very impressive that they're able to get to uh, to to this type of level at this type of age. Now, this is uh, this is the big question though with boxing is will they get all these guys in there? You know, will this be a case where uh, Ryan will actually fight Devin Haney? Will uh, we do have? It seems like we're on the goal line of Lopez taking on Lomachenko. Uh, Cambosis getting the winner of that, so that seems like the the right moves there. Gervonta, um, G- can he get in the mix there? You know, I know that George calls his also his belt gifted. 
either way, he's very, very popular and I think can be a big rise for all these guys. And that stuff's important, man. That's uh, that's just dynamite to see. Speaking of Bob Arum, he is also contacting uh, Vince McMahon this week. So I told you about the the UFC earlier on in the show. Bob also uh, did some calls and uh, is is trying to stage some shows, I guess, at the WWE Performance Center. So, you know, something to go on with their ESPN deal. It does feel like the combat sports is going to be the window, the first window into a lot of competitive uh, competitive uh, athletics going on again. So that'll be interesting to to, to kind of follow as far as uh, top rank is concerned. Um, as far as, uh, as far as Bob is concerned with, with getting, but you just think, think about like the personalities that are here. You have like Bob Arum, uh, Vince McMahon, Dana White, these three like promoters, guys who could run off at the mouth, all that type of stuff. And they're all kind of, uh, going into the same hub. They'll make things happen. You know, this isn't a, that's, that, I think if any industry is, is equipped to kind of do things, on the razor's edge, it'd be be a little bit sketchy if it has to, or you play uh, color outsides a lot. Like fighting, wrestling, uh, boxing, these are this is where this this stuff is made of, and that's why it's a little bit weird when they get held up by something like Disney, where it's like, oh, oh yeah, even these guys have bosses that they have to uh, that they have to listen to at that point. So I don't know, man. It, I, I it, again, we're all thirsty for sports. We just want the stuff to be done safe and done in the right way you want these guys taken care of especially with how much difficulty there is training um you know not everybody has uh, the the abilities like cambosis does to have a gym at their own home you know i saw this week uh, guys hitting mitts in there uh with their trainers because they miss them so much hitting hitting mitts with uh with masks on all this type of stuff to try and just get some kind of action to get back into the fold of things but it's tough. It 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 it, ha- it has been it has been tough and a tough go for those guys. So uh, this could be an interesting time. Interesting time, especially to see what the Florida domino is for everything uh, coming together. We'll keep you uh, posted on it. Thanks again to uh, to George for joining the show. Hopefully, we can uh, continue to bring you guys some interviews this week and uh, in the coming weeks to uh, to to keep you thirsted up. He was fantastic this week. And uh, hope to keep that stuff up for you guys. Everybody, stay safe out there. Um, you know, we'll uh, we'll keep following the stories. This has been uh, uh, one of the sports where it just feels like there's another uh, another turn. You think it's you think it's kind of gone to the end of the story, and just not the case. It just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. So that's it for us today. You missed the show. Download the podcast, radio.com app. Uh, you miss you want to listen to the ticket at any time. Download the radio.com app. You can rewind. You got access to all our podcasts there. Uh, just look up 790 The Ticket. Look up Fighters Fury. Subscribe and check us out there. Subscribe to Tobin and Leroy. Subscribe on YouTube. Look up Tobin Show on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. You guys will get a lot of cool local stuff uh, there as well. And I'm trying to think, am I forgetting anything else? That's about it. Uh, we got a cool NFL draft week this week. So be listening tomorrow morning, 6 to 10 a.m., as we enter into NFL draft week. With myself, Leroy, Robbie the Degenerate, we're looking forward to a fun, fun week for everybody. Stay safe out there, um, and all the best. Back with you guys next Sunday, and stay safe. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.